Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello everybody. Blake, Iowa Gopher. Always a pleasure to be here. And you street. Hey y'all. Well, I want to get right into it. Uh, this week we're going to start off with what made us laugh, which could also probably double up as closing out the Nebraska game. Uh, I will say I find it absolutely hilarious that despite losing four of the last five, six of the last nine since the uh, the series restarted, and three straight uh, to Minnesota, Nebraska fans still act as though it is the end of the world and somehow confusing that they have lost to the Minnesota Gophers. And... You know, you go with that, Nebraska fans. Keep on fucking that chicken and forgetting that uh, you're coached by Scott Frost, Nebraska's Tim Brewster. Blake, what was making you laugh this week? Honestly, uh, which what made me laugh out loud was um, our friends over at Coronation, John. Uh, he's gone viral by now, but he had a post-game video on the field um, just giving his uh, two-minute reaction to the game. Um, honestly, one of the funniest things I've watched in quite a while. Um, I can't repeat much of it on here, um, just because it's pretty expletive laden. Um, and honestly, you just have to, it's one of those things you got to watch, uh, to really get the, the full experience of it. But, uh, you know, at least there's one, uh, Nebraska fan who, you know, we give him a hard time for his delusions of grandeur at time, but, uh, he is pretty self-deprecating and I appreciate his sense of humor. But, uh, yeah, every time I watch that video, especially that those final three lines, um, it gets me every time. And I'm trying to remember it's, uh, well, go big red and we fucking suck or something. It, there, it's, there's no hope. Fuck everything. Go big red. <laughs> Andy, what made you laugh? Uh, I'll take the uh, easy one out and uh, watching Iowa, Iowa lose to Purdue. What specifically about Iowa losing to Purdue was the most enjoyable for you? Oh, geez. Um, the inept offense. Uh, they are who we thought they were. Watching the national media who had been fawning all over Iowa for six weeks suddenly go, ooh, we fucked up. Uh, you know, a little of this, a little of that. I think all of that is is reasonable to laugh at. Uh, Street, how about you? What made you laugh this past weekend? Oh, I guess I'll go with a, a duo of separations, as it were. Uh, so Ed Orgeron signing the separation agreement, and then you know going out and doing what they did against Florida. Uh, and uh, is it Nick Rolovich? Oh yeah, did that, I say that, that guy's sounds... name? And they call him Rolo, so we can go yeah, Rolo. Yeah, Rolo. Um, I'm, I'm not going to shed too much into the politics of it, but I will say that it is always hysterically funny to me uh, when the scandal or whatever reason why a coach gets fired for cause is not some like heinous sexual violence scandal, which it is frequently. Uh, but when it is really funny is this situation where someone is getting fired for cause in D1 football. That is hysterically funny to me in this context. Uh, yeah, it, uh, this definitely feels like one of those moments when you're doing kind of the play in two acts. This is me reaping. This is me sowing. 
Uh, well, and in particular, as we're recording this on, on a Wednesday, he is apparently, and to be clear, good on him. I mean, he's been fired for cause. Absolutely go get a lawyer and see whether or not you can overturn this. But I can't see the possible chance in heck that he is coming out at all with any compensation out of this. And on top of it, to put your entire team in a situation that is so obviously a cause of your own making for something that's still not super clear to me is why you would have a huge problem with it. So that that was very funny to me. I think every aspect that's happening, the Ed Orgeron story is hilarious, including admittedly unverified reports that various quote-unquote girlfriends that he had would bring their kids and their kids would just like run drills with the Tigers. <laughs> That was funny. I enjoyed that. Uh, other than that, you know, honestly, I just think every team in the country, with the possible exception of Georgia, is not very good at football. And that includes the University of Minnesota football team, incidentally. Uh, so I think this, the rest of college football this year is just going to be a chain of chaos and stupidity, and I'm always here for that. Team chaos. Absolutely. All right, uh, moving along, we should probably turn to Maryland, given that that's Minnesota's next opponent. Uh, Blake, if you had to try to sum up for me why I should be scared of Maryland, because the Maryland folks seem to think we should be very scared of Maryland, why should we be scared of Maryland as fans of the Minnesota Gophers? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I still have some nightmares from last year's 45-44 overtime loss, uh, mostly just when... The, that one specific play where Talia Tagovailoa um, just quietly outmaneuvered Thomas Rush on the way to the end zone for like 50, 60 yard touchdown. Um, I don't know if you recall, he threw for like 390 passing yards that game, three passing touchdowns, uh, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, I believe he, I believe he did earn Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week honors as he should have. Um, really, it's going to be the game is going to be on his shoulders. Um, if they if they if they win, it's going to be because of him. If they lose, it's going to be become because of him. Because uh, I mean, they're stretched thin at wide receiver. Their top receiver Dante Demas uh, suffered a season-ending knee injury against uh, Iowa, and then their next best receiver Jayshon Jones suffered a season-ending injury against Ohio State. Um, so is not a lot of great targets, uh, in the passing game. He's got a couple guys, uh, Rakeem Jarrett's the guy that, uh, will probably be his go-to on Saturday. He scored a touchdown in all, uh, but one of the Terps' six games so far, and he's, they've got a pretty good pass catching tight end, um, with a name that I, I don't have one to try to pronounce it cause I'm just going to butcher it. Uh, but he's got three receiving touchdowns. His name looks like Chagosium Aconquo. If I, that was anywhere close to, uh, what it is properly pronounced i'm pretty proud of myself but uh they also got a, a redshirt running uh, redshirt senior at running back uh tan fleet davis we've we've seen him the past couple of years um pretty speedy guy uh the good news is that one running back from last year i can't remember his name remember he was a white running back had like 200 some yards uh no longer there so he can't hurt us anymore but yeah i think if there's anything to be afraid of it's uh talia talking about having a similar performance to last year which i'm not uh Cautiously optimistic is not going to happen again, uh, but you know I've been wrong before. I would argue that this is not the same defense as last year, so I think you should feel decently confident that you're not going to see the same output. Yeah, we can only hope. We've, you know, ever since the Bowling Green game, I've just I've, I've lost my confidence, so it's, I'm getting it back week by week. Yeah, I think for me the Bowling Green game speaks entirely to Minnesota's offense, though. The defense wasn't, you know, world-beating, but they 
that was a that was a game the offense screwed the pooch versus you know a, I don't know I, I I don't really worry about our defense letting the team down substantially like getting torched um, you know Chris Chris just quit thinking rationally okay there's there's no place for that. Okay. Well, tell me why uh, or what I should, you know, be fearing or looking out for from the Maryland defense, assuming Minnesota, you know, attempts to call a rational, uh, successful game plan as opposed to, you know, Bowling Green. Uh, I'd say this defense has, from what I can tell, a lot of holes. I mean, they're on their bye week right now. um, So who's to say what they're going to come prepared with, but they've suffered some pretty significant injuries um, on the good side. They're getting a couple of cornerbacks back from injury, including their starting quarterback, Jacorian Bennett, um, then a reserve Kenny Bennett. I don't know if they're related or not, but they'll both should be back this week. Um, they have another pretty good corner in uh, Tarheep still. So it'll be him and Jacorian Bennett that they're um, starting quarterbacks. They've, uh, but they've not, even with the amount of good players they have in the secondary, they haven't really fared too well against the pass. They rank 105th uh, nationally in passing yards allowed per game. So that's obviously not great. Strangely, they fared a lot better against the run, but they're actually missing quite a few guys at linebacker. They've had one starting linebacker who uh, got hurt in the season opener, and he's out for the season with an upper body injury. Uh, Brandon Jennings, another starting linebacker, got hurt week three and hasn't been back since. And then they just announced this week that um, starting linebacker Drell uh, Nachami will also undergo season-ending surgery. So uh, dealing with some injuries, I'd say, uh, in that linebacker core, and that's going to be especially uh, difficult to account for against Minnesota's run game. Um, but I really, hopefully they'll be a little, a little bit more balanced as they were against uh, Nebraska. So I think... You know, anything can happen. This defense, I think they put up points on them last year. And obviously this year they're struggling to keep guys healthy and on the field. And um, it's important to remember, too, at the end of the day, this defense gave up uh, 51 points to Iowa. And, I mean, I understand that they turned the ball over seven times on offense. So that they didn't really set up. A- wait, 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 wait. I didn't pay attention close enough to that game. They turned the ball over seven times. Five interceptions, two fumbles. Oh, my God. But that's no excuse for letting Spencer Petras throw for three touchdowns and 259 passing yards. I'm sorry. I know that you're, you got your setup to fail, but, you I mean, you got to have some dignity and not let Spencer Petras pick you apart. So, um, And then the week, before, the week after that, they got lit up by Ohio State for 66 points. So they're hurting a little bit. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't expect Minnesota to put up 50 points uh, unless they – Turn the ball over seven times again. I don't know if I see that happening. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some holes on this defense that Minnesota can exploit. Um, but hopefully the success they had against uh, Nebraska wasn't entirely fueled by the bye week and it's something that they can sustain moving forward. So looking at you, Mike Sanford. The Sky U Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Homefield Apparel, the good brand. You've heard us talk before about how excited we were to get them as a sponsor, and we continue to be excited because as fall approaches, they have restocked their crew neck and hoodie sweatshirts. There's a Sweet Script uh, Minnesota sweatshirt out there right now waiting for you to pick one up. If you have not already shopped for the first time at Homefield Apparel, make sure to go to homefieldapparel.com and use code DAILYGOPHER at checkout for 15% off your order. It's not just uh, Minnesota gear. There are sweet stickers from all sorts of historic logos across NCAA. Uh, I have a Tulane Green Wave sticker that I've had my eye on that i got to go pick up. Uh, whatever it is, 
Make sure to get over to homefieldapparel.com. Find it for yourself. Feel good in it. Look good in it. And enjoy every moment with your new gear. That's homefieldapparel.com. Code Daily Gopher. I'm just excited by the fact that I get to go back to ask Blake a hockey question. Blake has ducked us for two weeks in a row since we decided we were going to start doing ask Blake a hockey question. And now he has returned. And I will ask the question this week. Blake, what conference does University of Minnesota Duluth belong to? Oh, Christ. Um, Ah, man. I think it's, is it, uh, has it been, it's, it can be shortened to initials, can't it? Is, am I right on that? Sure. I'll, I'll, I will allow you to uh, skate by with just the letters. For some reason, like NWC is coming to me. It's probably not even close to that. NWC? It, it's not NWC, but you are in the ballpark, at least. It's the NCHC. Okay, that the National Collegiate Hockey Conference. I will I will take partial credit for that. I feel like I was I was it was close. I was close to that. Um, it's not obviously not where I want to be. I want to be full credit getting those correct. So so, so I need to prove my best. But uh, I feel like that's an encouraging start. Yeah, your your brain I can see took the NCHC and the WCHA and tried to mix them together. And you know, although the WCHA doesn't exist anymore, and uh, Duluth hasn't been a part of it for. Well, a while now, uh, seven years, I think, uh, you know, good effort. Good on you. Good effort. I've got, I've got nowhere to go but up here. So. All right. Speaking of university of Minnesota Duluth, uh, Andy, it's probably about time for you to walk us. Well, you know, I guess you could talk about last weekend too, I suppose, but also talk about the Gophers against university of Minnesota Duluth. Well, just to correct one thing, the WCHA does exist, uh, it may be a women's only conference now, but it does exist. And in fact, Minnesota Duluth is a member as long as, as well as the Gophers. So, you know, uh, uh, okay. This is where I, this is where I apologize for doing that thing where, you know, I made the men's hockey, the only hockey for the purposes of the question. That's a very good point. Uh, I should have really forced Blake into a two part question. Um, that would have been actually more entertaining. Uh, so, Touche. The men's WCHA, bye. Women's WCHA, best conference in the land, as it has been and as it always will be. Uh, back to you, Andy, for walking us through both the men's and women's hockey. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll start with last week. Uh, the Gophers uh, played a fellow NCHC member uh, in intrastate rival, uh, St. Cloud State. Um and it was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, the Gophers uh, hosted the Huskies, dropping a 2-1 game on Friday night uh, in Minneapolis. Um, you know, it was one of those games where the Gophers outplayed St. Cloud State for 80% of the game, uh, but just made two huge mistakes, which led to two St. Cloud goals, and that was all she wrote. Um, you know, they couldn't quite get the offense clicking well enough, and and uh, and they and they took the loss. Uh, Saturday, they went back up to uh, St. Cloud, uh, and they won in uh, controversial fashion, four uh, three in overtime. Um, if you 
pay anything attention to college hockey, you obviously have seen the ending of that game. Um, it was all over the uh, the na- non call on on Blake McLaughlin behind the uh, Minnesota six, uh, cheated. Well, and and yeah, and then you have the NCHC coming out with a uh, a statement basically saying, yeah, we uh, we screwed up. We should have called penalty or penalties there. Um, I think realistically, there probably definitely was a penalty on McLaughlin that didn't get called. I do think also there could have been an embellishment penalty on on Perbix for St. Cloud State. So. Um, in either way, it, it happened. Uh, it doesn't matter. And it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It was hilarious. Um, the Gophers get a 4-3 win on a, on a Sammy Walker goal in overtime. Uh, they get the uh, St. Cloud State fans going full Marsha, 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 um, which is always always fun to see from uh, from Husky fans. Um, but, again, it, it overshows the fact that, once again, the Gophers pretty much outplayed St. Cloud the entire game and still almost came away with uh, with a loss is they just can't stop making big mistakes that ended up costing them this time it was to taking again two very questionable penalties in the uh, third period uh, allowing st cloud to score two power play goals to, to force overtime um and and the thing that is something to be stressed upon this year is, is under the new pairwise rules uh st cloud getting that game to overtime frankly was the bigger deal than the gophers winning in overtime uh now that everybody's playing three on three overtime in in non-conference and that's a national thing now uh they've switched the pairwise so now if you go to overtime and get a win you only get basically 55 percent of a win uh whereas the losers get basically credit for 45 percent of a win uh whereas under the under the old days if it was a true overtime win it would have been a uh, an 100 zero split so um frankly for for pairwise purposes going forward and especially as we get into the big 10 season uh just getting the game to overtime getting that game tying goal will be a huger goal than than winning the game in overtime itself which sort of takes a little bit away from the entire thing if you ask me but uh that's the way the pairwise is going to work for for time being so here we are. All right, Duluth. Uh, you know, another another series where one game at home, one game up in Duluth, uh, and uh, you know, barely televised the game up in Duluth. I'm sure that's going to cause some consternation. Yeah, no, it will be uh, it, same situation. Uh, Friday night here in in Minneapolis, the the Hus- or, excuse me, the Bulldogs and the Gophers will face off. Another. Uh, top-ranked battle. Minnesota's still ranked number four in the country. I think Duluth is number five. Uh, so another top-five battle after last week's 2-4 between the Gophers and St. Cloud. Um, yeah, Friday night, the Gophers in, in Mariucci, and then Saturday night up in uh, Amsoil Arena in Duluth. And uh, it will be one of those situations where if you have uh, Xfinity in the Twin Cities, you'll get to watch it. That was announced today that the uh, the Mind 9, the Duluth home feed, which is normally broadcast over the air up in up in the twin ports uh will be uh basically on a feed uh on the comcast 999 channel uh so if you have affinity comcast you'll be able to watch that game in the twin cities if you don't uh you're pretty much crap out of luck uh your only other option would be to stream it on nchc.tv but i think they charge you 11 or 12 bucks a game for that so uh, if you're willing to pay for it you can see it otherwise uh no bueno so, um, 
you know, it'll be an interesting game. Duluth last weekend hosted the uh, Icebreaker Classic uh, at home. They uh, got a hard-fought win over Providence and then ended up getting uh, smoked by Michigan um, in in the other game. Um, the Wolverines, as we, the Gophers will see them in about a month or so, they uh, they moved up to number one this weekend. They they look for real. Uh, that offensive talent and all that NHL draft pick talent is uh, clicking so far this season. So uh, they they are going to be as uh, as big of a task um, later this year when when the Gophers face off against the Wolverines as we might have thought. So turn to the women, uh, you know how. This, this season doesn't have me excited right now is basically what I'll say. Yeah, you know, and, and the uh, they, they the Gophers will do what they need to do against weaker teams. They've been doing that. They uh, they had a home-and-home home against Minnesota State Mankato last weekend, got a, a pair of wins, a, a 3-0 shutout on Friday at Ritter, and then a 6-2 win down in Mankato on Saturday. Uh, junior Michaela Paul played both games in net for the Gophers, ended up being named the WCHA Goaltender of the Week this week for her performance. Um, but, I mean, if you know anything about Minnesota and Minnesota State, that was not a surprise that was now the 51st and 52nd consecutive win for the Gophers against the Mavericks. Uh, they have not lost to MSU Mankato since 2007. I believe career or all-time, they are now something like 101-3-3 all-time against Mankato since the two teams have started playing hockey against one another. So uh, not a surprise that the Gophers got the sweep once again. Um, and we get... The rarity in this uh, age of college hockey, especially in women's college hockey, uh, a ranked non-conference series. Uh, the Gophers are heading out to Colgate this weekend. Uh, Colgate ranked number three in the nation. Uh, the Gophers at number four. So um, it'll be another tough schedule, tough series for Minnesota. Uh, they've struggled against the top teams again. You know, so far they struggled against Ohio State. They uh, didn't look great against Minnesota Duluth. This will be another ridiculously uh, tough series on the road for the Gophers, but it's our first real true matchup of comparing how the uh, strongest teams out east will fare against the strongest teams in the WCHA. Um, you know, obviously Wisconsin won Ohio State, two Minnesota four, UMD I believe is six right now in the country. Uh, they are definitely uh, the powerhouse country. Uh, powerhouse conference powerhouse teams in the nation colgate at number three the highest ranked eastern team right now so um hopefully minnesota can hold their own uh the nice thing about uh these games uh being that colgate is an ecac school they have a streaming contract with espn plus so if you have espn plus you'll be able to watch both these games for free uh one o'clock face-offs both friday and saturday um so it's it's rare that um you know we're we're getting go for women's hockey games on a uh, on a streaming service that I guess you have to pay for ESPN Plus but you get a lot of other things with it along it's not just BTN Plus where you're paying for the privilege to watch uh non-revenue Big 10 games so uh if you have ESPN Plus uh check out the women either Friday or Saturday afternoon so volleyball, um, actually, we get back to the you know world of playing ranked teams this weekend with a Friday Sunday uh, matchup. Friday is Penn State, number fourteenth Penn State, I should say, 
Sunday, number six, Ohio State. You know, if, given what the, the Gophers have been doing in this interim period, do you feel like uh, there's a chance for a sweep or would really getting some form of a split be uh, an optimal outcome for the Gophers? Yeah, I think they definitely can get a sweep if they play their game. I mean, uh, being at home, both games at the PAV will help. Minnesota has been really strong at the PAV. Um, you know, they they came back and, and they're, I believe, undefeated in, in Big Ten play uh, at the PAV. Um, you know, so I, I do think that they uh, if they can play their game, they get a good chance to see. You know, uh, it's it's been a bit of a, a question to be frankly this year about how how the top of the Big Ten shakes out. Uh, Nebraska leads the conference with an eight zero record. Wisconsin seven and one, and then there's a four way tie for third between Ohio State, Purdue, Penn State, and Minnesota, all at six and two. Um, and so this really is a, is a show me weekend. I mean, if Minnesota can go out and sweep Penn State and sweep Ohio State, uh, then they arguably can make an a, a really strong argument that they're probably the third best team in the conference. Um, if if they drop one to either the Nittany Lions or the Buckeyes, then you know it's probably more of a top two of Nebraska and Wisconsin, and then everybody else is sort of in that core group three through six. So uh, these two games this week will really have a, a lot of say on on how those two through six will lay out. Um, the Gophers have to head back to Columbus here in uh, in two weeks and they uh, finish off the season the last weekend of the year at Penn State. So uh, they will have to make the return trip for both these games. So you uh, in in this conference you gotta you gotta win at home. So um, you know I think the expectation should be that Minnesota should sweep both these games, uh, getting getting both of them at home. Uh, but it'll it'll take some work. I mean uh, the Gophers uh, they swept their last two matches uh, against Northwestern and Indiana again both at home three zero sweeps. No real. Uh, even hint of of struggle uh, of course northwestern and indiana both near the uh, bottom of the conference when it comes to the standings northwestern at three and five indiana at two and seven so that should have happened uh there will be a much tougher task this weekend uh again national tv for both of them which is nice uh the ohio state match is uh 6 p.m on Friday night, uh, so you'll have to choose between that and the Gopher Hockey, but, uh, or excuse me, the Penn State is, is 6 o'clock Friday night, uh, that'll be live on BTN, uh, Sunday, uh, ESPNU for the Gophers and Buckeyes, that's a 4 p.m. start Sunday afternoon, um, the Vikings have a bye this week, so there's no reason you can't, uh, watch some volleyball instead of football, but, uh, get some, uh, get some volleyball in and hope that uh, the Gophers can do what they need to do to uh, jump up into that number three spot in the Big Ten. Predictions, Maryland time. Street, did you make money last week? Yeah, I think I did. I know you said the under. I just don't remember what the under oh, was. Oh, no, no. At the ve- They screwed it up at the very end. I think I'm three weeks down. I think I'm now at negative money. <laughs> Street, street, street. Okay, well, what are you gonna what are you gonna offer us to get back on uh, the sunny side of life? Minnesota straight cover. Oh right. What's the line to? Doesn't matter. Six? <laughs> Is it up from four? It was four earlier this week. I don't know. I was guessing. Minnesota straight cover. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Blake, what uh, what preview? Uh, sorry, what prediction will we see in your preview uh, when it drops? Um, it's I feel confident, which is never a good sign. Um, but I, I that's why I'm hedging a little bit. It'll be I have got 27-21 Minnesota just because they've consistently won ugly. Really, only the only good looking win they've had is Colorado, and that seems to be the outlier. Outlier. So feeling. Feeling optimistic, um, which also means I'm feeling uh, impending doom. So that, uh, my prediction, 27-21 Minnesota. Uh, we are twinsies. I also had predicted 27-21 without knowing that of yours. So How dare you? Uh, prediction twinsies. Uh, Andy, what do you have? Yeah, uh, just so we can be factual on this, as of uh, Wednesday evening, the line is currently Minnesota by five. Uh, with an over/under of fifty-four and a half, so take that for what you're worth. Um, you know, uh, last week, what did I say? I, I was talking about the power of thirty. The power of thirty in Minnesota's crazy schedule, or the power of thirty. Uh, what was the final? Thirty to twenty-three. Um, yeah, it wasn't thirty-one to thirty, but you definitely—you're right. You did actually. Uh... So yeah, I mean, Minnesota literally has scored thirty-one, thirty-one, thirty, thirty. 20 and 10 in their six games this year. Uh, I see a trend, and there's no reason why we shouldn't move off of that trend. Uh, Minnesota 30, Maryland 24 will be the final. Well, I got to see some optimism, even if it's fear tinged in the case of Blake uh, returning to the predictions. Uh, you know, that should not in any way spell doom. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really awesome is basically what I'm going to say about that. Uh, but in the meantime, get ready for a wonderful preview from Blake, all the good stuff leading up to the game, and of course, next week, another edition of the SkyU Podcast. In the meantime, go Gophers. SkyU Ma, go the boat.